What would an extra $1,000 mean to you this month? Rent, car payment, stay home with your kids more, accelerate your debt payoff, speed up your savings or investments, or maybe go on that fun weekend getaway you've been dreaming of. Let me guess, the holidays are making you skittish about cash flow, COVID drained your savings, and you're looking for a way to earn a few extra bucks before the end of the year. Well, that is totally doable. In this week's episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast, I'm giving you three simple ways to make more money, and I promise you don't need a degree in finance or a pandemic-free lifestyle or an investment magic wand to make it rain. Nope. Just simple, actionable steps you can literally take today to add a little cold, hard cash to that old bank account of yours. Making an extra $1,000 is more attainable than you probably think. And to help you hit the cash runway without delay, I've broken each of my three ideas into three simple steps so that you can get started today. By following just one step per week in three short weeks from now, you'll be on your way to an extra four figures this month. Cha-ching! <laughs> the best thing to know and believe is that you don't have to overcomplicate it. I'm giving you permission to keep it simple. That means finding the simplest possible way to present your offer and a super easy way to accept payments, period. There's always time to get fancy later. But I do not want tech or process to be the barrier to entry because truly, it doesn't have to be. And I need you to know that these are not your run-of-the-mill, boring money tips like save more or skip the Starbucks. These are some different, new, and fun ways to add some extra zeros to your bank account. We are talking about everything from how your everyday skills can bring in some more dollar bills to making money by recommending or reselling your favorite things. And guys, this isn't just for the self-employed peeps out there. Even if you have a full-time job, there are things you can do in your spare time to easily pocket a thousand bucks a month. So what do you say? Let's close out 2020 with a nice bonus to ourselves and get set up to make 2021 our best and most profitable year yet. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Workshop Weekly Podcast. I can't believe we are finally getting close to wrapping up this dumpster fire of a year. Good riddance, 2020. Can I get an amen? If you're feeling down about 2020, I want to encourage you to take a moment to look back and reflect for a sec on what you managed to get done, what you've accomplished, and what you've learned. I'll bet that it's an impressive inventory when you stop and think about it. And now, if adding another thou to your cash flow sounds good to you, I'm going to help you get there today. But first, we need to address that mindset of yours. Because before I even get into the how-to, I can practically hear your objections. All the barriers and your imposter syndrome ringing through. 
you are always way too hard on yourself. I think we all are, but here's the thing. We don't have to be. We are in control of our self-talk. So I want to move forward today with you thinking that you can do this and you are capable and you do have what it takes to create an abundant life for yourself and for your family, okay? And by the way, I read a book recently called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, and I think it is one that every entrepreneur needs to read at least once. In this book, the author talks about the upper limit problem, ULP or ULP as he sometimes refers to it. An upper limit problem is another way of describing how we sabotage ourselves when we've reached success, sometimes consciously, but also sometimes subconsciously. So for example, maybe you pick fights with loved ones when everything is going super well between you or you finally lose that last five pounds and then you go on a chocolate binge and gain it all back. We are doing things consciously and subconsciously that keep us from advancing to the next level. Another example could be not saying no to the things that clearly aren't aligned with your career goals or perhaps abandoning social media just as you were starting to get good traction. Having a day free to get caught up on things and spending it suffering from a migraine instead. Some of it can be a little abstract like a manifesting of sorts and other stuff is easier to see the direct line. But I want to know, does any of it sound familiar to you? If it does, you, my friend, have an upper limit problem. We have this inner thermostat for how much happiness, success, love, or money we think we deserve. And these are programmed into us in early childhood. Common upper limit problems include fear of failure, fear of being alone, and fear of outshining others, especially your family and close friends. And these types of hidden barriers exist in many areas of our lives. For example, you may have heard your father say, there's never enough money to go around. So you yourself developed the belief that you will never have enough money. When you reach the point of possibly making enough money, your inner programming kicks in to sabotage your ability to reach your goal. This ensures that you will continue to be included in your family and you won't feel guilty for outshining anyone. I am so fascinated by this topic. I think it deserves its own episode. But for now, I'd just like you to add The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks to your reading list. Honestly, it will blow your mind. And now that you are hopefully thinking about how to feel more abundant and more capable, let's dive into three easy ways that you can bring another $1,000 into your life each month in 2021. Okay, so number one on my list is service-related freelancing. What's a skill you have that others might pay for? It could be writing or blogging, inbox ninja-ing, VAing, or being a virtual assistant, social media management, transcription services, bookkeeping, dog walking, running errands, you name it. The idea is to hone in on something you can do that others don't have time or inclination to do themselves. And believe me, there is gold in those freelancer hills. I should know, I pay lots of different freelancers to take on small to mid-sized tasks I either don't want to do, I am not good at, or I don't have time for. 
Freelancing has a lot of perks, including flexibility. You can work around your existing schedule to get things done and take on a variety of projects. You can scale according to your interest and availability. And best of all, with every gig, you're building your chops. This means you're being paid to develop your skills, which will make you more valuable so you can charge more money down the road. Pretty sweet, right? Okay, let's get tactical. I'm going to walk you through the three simple steps you can take to get ready to freelance. Step number one. This is all about getting really clear on what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. And again, I want step number one to be what you do in week one. So grab a pen or open a note on your phone and jot down a list of your skills. Don't overthink it, just write. Don't neglect things that seem maybe obvious like emailing or scheduling or writing. We all possess skills that we think are just day-to-day necessities, but really they are super valuable to someone else. You should also reflect on those unique skills that aren't so everyday. For instance, someone I know has a special knack for creating beautiful Christmas trees. She took that and designed a seasonal service to bring her beautiful tree decorating services to the homes of people who are just too busy or ornamentally challenged to do this. It's a win-win. Something that brings her immense joy is actually stressful for others, and they'll pay a pretty penny to outsource. Hey, with the holidays coming up, there are a ton of extra jobs people will gladly pay someone else to do. And maybe that someone should be you. Okay, on to step two. Now that you've got a few skills in mind, it's research time. So during the second week, I'd like you to do this. And don't worry, this research is simple and streamlined. First, I want you to ask some of your favorite business owners or potential customers to see what they need help with. Their answers and the words they use to describe their struggles might surprise you. They will also be pure gold when trying to recruit customers. Remember, when you focus on what people you really want to serve and work with, you will be most successful. And hearing how they describe their needs will be pure gold for you as you get this set up. It may feel like cheating because they're actually going to tell you exactly how to position your service. Here are some questions you can ask to elicit the kind of magical responses you need. And now in the following examples, I'm going to use the term XYZ to mean the service or product offering that you have in mind. Okay, number one, how do you currently handle XYZ right now? Number two, what does a typical day look like for you related to XYZ? Number three, what are your biggest frustrations related to XYZ? And number four, why do you think this has been a struggle for you? Number five, before you seek out an alternate solution for XYZ, what needs to happen first? Number six, if I could snap my fingers and get you the results you're after, what would those results look like? Number seven, what have you already tried that has not worked? Number eight, what has stopped you from taking action related to XYZ? And lastly, number nine, how would you feel if this challenge was figured out for you? 
When you ask these questions to your consultees, make sure you listen more than you talk. This is something that I learned from one of my favorites, Amy Porterfield. Record your conversation so you can truly engage and transcribe it later. I'm going to add these questions to the show notes as a PDF so you can easily grab and print them for your research. Also, do a little web research. Take a look online at what people are looking for. I recently saw a post where someone was looking for transcription services and many others jumped into the thread saying that they were looking for the same thing. And finally, step three, create a sales page and fill your service openings. So before you set up your sales page, I want to go back to mindset for a minute. You need to get into a confident headspace for selling. It's totally normal for that old enemy imposter syndrome to creep in here. If you need some extra attention in this area, head back to episode number 001, where I dig deep into the topic. And for more about how to get started with freelancing, head back and check out episode number 032 with Kaylee Dimmick. So in creating your sales page, I encourage you to let your personality and skills shine. You don't want to be generic. Be yourself so you can connect quicker and with more impact right out of the gate with your ideal customer. And remember, this is all about making more this month. So don't overthink it and don't overcomplicate it. I am giving you permission to not have a perfect system set up here. Don't get stuck in the weeds. Build a simple page, then put it out there. All you need is a brief summary of what you offer and a way to accept payment. It can be as simple as a PayPal link and a frequently asked questions page starting out. As for pricing and planning, if you were able to charge $50 per hour, which is right in the ballpark for freelancing services, you'd need to work a total of 20 hours per month, that's five hours per week or one hour per weekday to bring in an extra $1,000. Bam. Okay, so the second way you can make an extra thou this month is to host a workshop or teach a class. Freelancing isn't the only way to share the skills you've got that others want to learn about. Building a course can be a ton of work. Believe me, I've done it more than once, and I know. The work and production required to create a full-on online course can be daunting, but what if you just pared it down? You can start simple and grow and iterate from there. The first thing you need to do is step one, pick a topic. You don't need to be a rocket scientist here either. Some of the best courses on the market are on subjects like how to sleep train your baby or preparing a week's worth of healthy meals for your family or how to can your own vegetables or even things like how to groom your cat or how to make homemade candied apples. What is something that you do that people take a genuine interest in? Maybe it's something seasonal like how to make a beautiful charcuterie board or how to DIY a beautiful front door wreath or easy homemade Christmas decorations. Or maybe it's something simple like how to start a business broken down into a simple step-by-step process. Again, what seems super simple or everyday to you can be pure gold to others. So, 
Pull your friends, pull your audience. You accumulate so much knowledge. It might not even be obvious to you what your audience admires you for or would like to learn from you. On top of digging into these things that innately come to you, also be thinking about the things you've researched and learned out of passion or necessity throughout your life. I can think of a million things I've had to dig into when life put obstacles in front of me. There's weaning a baby, learning how to not kill my houseplants, starting a podcast, and launching a Shopify store. There's how I cleaned up my skincare routine and how to run an Airbnb. It's crazy to think about how much knowledge we unwittingly accumulate in so many areas of our lives when you break it down this way. Once you've picked a topic, I want you to block off a couple of hours or an afternoon and write a detailed list of the steps you took to learn about and implement your topic to get a result. Like reverse engineer the whole thing. What did you do differently than others? How is your process more effective or efficient? How can you position it as a process that others will not only want, but need to achieve the same end result you did? Now, on to step two, I want you to offer a few free consultations. This step is all about learning what people are looking for the questions they ask, what will bring them the most value, and ensuring your process or approach can actually get them results. It's really important in this step to really listen. Pay attention to their questions. Make a note of their pain points or roadblocks. Really dig into their goals and mindsets and pay close attention to the words and language that they use. You're going to take all this feedback and use it to shape a powerful, compelling message and to build a course that is useful and actionable to your audience. Remember, much like we learned a couple of weeks ago that writing your own how-to book comes from the outside in, it's the same thing here. Let your consultees design the course for you by simply answering their questions on the topic in each lesson. And take all that student input and feedback and use it to refine your message and ensure your method is clear and easy to follow. Take your process down to its bare bones. You want to deliver your knowledge in the quickest and easiest way for them to get results. The last thing you want is for it to get muddied or too complicated. In terms of format, you don't need to go all in on a live video. You can deliver this as an ebook or a PowerPoint or a written guide if that's more your jam. Find the format that works best for you and take action. And finally, step three or week three, create a sales page and fill your training. Now it's time to get the word out that you're hosting a workshop and that you'll be teaching it online the following week. Start sharing this news seven days before the training. That's the best timing. You should have your blueprint pretty much finalized by now for what you want to teach and how to teach it. So now's the time to get people who need your skills in their lives to sign up. 
Hi, change of subject for a quick sec. Do you ever dream of getting famous with media coverage to skyrocket your success, but you stop right there because you just don't think you're ready for it? Or do you think getting media coverage is only for media insiders? Well, it's not. Getting media coverage doesn't require fancy skills, and contrary to popular belief, you don't have to have an epic story or hire a publicist to get your name and business in the media. Anyone, and yes, that means you listening right now, can get media coverage and, spoiler alert, you can do it yourself. It isn't that hard and it doesn't have to cost you a bunch in publicist fees. In fact, my own rock star publicist, Crystal Richard, is here to teach you how. She is an entrepreneur and a global publicist who has designed digital PR school to teach entrepreneurs and small business owners just like you the exact steps you need to take to do it yourself. When you graduate from digital PR school, you'll not only have everything you need to make yourself famous, but you'll have all the right moves to be popular with the media. From company features to podcast interviews to TV segments, you've got gold stars and coverage in your future. Enrollment is open from December 1st until December 15th. And trust me when I say you don't want to be late for this class. Learn more at www.crystalrichard.com and save 15% on the price of enrollment when you use the promo code WORKSHOPWEEKLY. That's www.crystalrichard.com and use the code WORKSHOPWEEKLY. I'll see you in class. Don't let tech be your barrier. You can do it on Facebook Live, in a private group, on Zoom or Google Hangouts or GoToWebinar or whatever. These can all be options for hosting the training itself. Most of these services are free and there are great resources on how to set them up pretty quickly for a group training. Just head to Google and type in how to host a Zoom conference or whatever option feels easiest for you. But promise me, you won't let the technology hold you back from sharing your gifts with the world. When you start to share, make sure that you have a clearly defined outcome of your training. The most important thing here is to promote that promise repeatedly. Explain what new skills or knowledge people can expect to walk away with. What is the end result of their time spent with you? Make sure you clearly explain this. Again, try not to be too generic. Topics like how to be more confident looks different for everyone. And with that title, it feels so broad that someone might not know it's made with them in mind. You want your end result to be smart or a SMART goal, which means specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Create an online sales page where people can read about the training, understand their time commitment and financial commitment, pay to save their spot, and enroll or download your training. You can create a very simple landing page inside your email service provider or simply send one with PayPal links. Again, at this stage, you don't need to have a perfect system. So don't overcomplicate this part. You can always create the fancy systems later. A sales page alone is not enough. You need to plug that puppy. 
And you need to put yourself forward. Be super intentional with showing up on social media and showing your face. Yep, you've heard me talk about it before, but showing your face in both your stories and your feed will allow people to see and get to know you. Not just your voice, not just your written words, not just photos of flat lays or of your pretty kitchen. I want people to fall in love with you and trust you, so you're going to need to show up for that. And for a little help with that, I'd invite you to head back to the most recent episode with Holly G, where she talks all about how you can really nail showing up with video in your business. That one is episode 39, so head back and give that one a listen after this. Now, advertising your training might take a bit of a shift of mindset for you. If this is your first course and you just discovered the superpower you want to share and teach to others, it can be easy to feel like a fraud. Imposter syndrome creeps in and will tell you that you don't really know what you're doing. You don't actually have value to share. That's why those steps in the first two weeks of this process are so vital. Hearing feedback and getting that reinforcement is the fuel you need to push through this tough part. Consulting one-on-one with students to test your system and ensure it actually does work is so affirming. Hold tight to those experiences and remind yourself that you got yourself results first and that's a huge deal in and of itself. So as you're promoting your workshop or course, be authentic and be energetic. Show that you care for your people because you know and believe this process works and that it can work for them too, if they're willing to give it a try. When you believe in your offer with genuine enthusiasm, it translates and they'll believe it too. I get that this can feel a little awkward at first especially for all you introverts out there. Truly, it gets easier. And after you do it one time, the best part is you can host it again and again and refine and tweak and pivot as you gain information and as you get better. You can eventually grow the course into a bigger one or turn it evergreen to constantly offer it to your people and bring in passive income consistently. As for pricing, keep it simple. If you are able to charge $100 to 10 people or $50 to 20 people, well, there's your easy $1,000 this month. So what are you waiting for? I can't wait to see what kind of mini course or mini workshop you come up with. Okay, so now we're at our third and final way to make an extra $1,000 this month. And number three is create an online shop. My friends, this is so quick and easy and the cost to open an online shop is lower than ever. You can have your shop set up in a day. Crazy, right? Shopify and Etsy are both good options and Society6 is a great place for drop shipping. Now, you just need to decide what to sell. Are you going to sell or are you going to resell? Are you going to sell new products or used products? Feel free to get creative here. My friend Ingrid, who was my guest on episode number 14, was able to very quickly grow a seven-figure online business by retailing local artisan products in curated gift boxes. You can also sell dropshipping style. 
Drop shipping, for any of you who might be unfamiliar with this term, is simply when you sell something that is manufactured, produced, packaged, and shipped on your behalf, but you never physically touch the product. For example, I sell prints in my photography business. They are ordered by the client, but printed and shipped by a manufacturer, and I only see my commissions as they come in. Another example of dropshipping is with companies like Society6, which I've mentioned in the past. Society6 is a place where you submit your own graphics, designs, or photos to go onto a variety of products such as hand towels, travel mugs, notepads, cushions, you name it. They'll print your graphics or photos on it. Society6 does the manufacturing and shipping and they ship it directly to the customer. The only thing you see in this case is the mock-up and the dollar bills. Also, you can resell things that you or others are no longer using. Curated vintage resale shops do very well. Think of it as repositioning and marking up all the gems that are buried in a heap of junk at Value Village or the Salvation Army or whatever your local thrift shop is. Many people are cool with paying a little more money to avoid the trouble of going to secondhand stores and positioning it nicely in your living room with a few succulents and your favorite books will increase the perceived product value. Stunning product photos win every time, my friend. Trust me, I know this firsthand. And lastly, don't forget to think of affiliate sales. Fill your shop with affiliate links by making holiday gift guides or other special little curated promotions. That's commission money in the bank for recommending products that you would likely be recommending anyway. Okay, so step one or week one in creating an online store is deciding what you'll sell. What are you passionate about? What can you talk endlessly about? What are you already selling with very little effort? Are you constantly sending people out to buy your favorite line of yoga pants? Or are you the one who's always finding gems at the local vintage shop? These are great clues to what you could be selling. And don't forget to keep your customer in mind. Think about your audience. What do they care about? What do they want to buy? How do they like to see things marketed? How do they like to see things positioned? Where are they hanging out online? What pain or desire are they experiencing that could be solved by your online shop? How would they like to purchase and when? With these answers in mind, it's time for step two, which is set up shop. Once you've decided how you'll sell your products, it's time to get out of your own way and get that shop up and running. Again, and sorry if I sound like a broken record here, there is no need to overcomplicate things. The time for fancy systems is later. For now, you simply want to get your product or links into the world with as little frankly, work and hassle as possible. A Facebook group is a great place to start. It's simple to use and it's free. Of course, you'll also need a method for taking payment. If you set up Shopify or Cello or Etsy, payment methods are built in. So that part is super simple. Remember that the platforms will cost a little money and the payment portals will shave a little off the top too. 
So make sure you are pricing your items accordingly so that you still get your share and keep healthy margins. The best payment method will depend on your relationship with your target market. If you already have a level of trust established with your audience, a PayPal link or email money transfer will do the trick. If not, an e-commerce site might be a better way to go for an absolutely seamless sales process. One area you really don't want to skimp on is being really clear about your deliverable. You want to be really specific with your terms and frequently ask questions to make sure your client knows exactly what they're going to get and to save on unhappy, time-consuming customers down the road. For a little more on correctly setting your customers' expectations, I want you to head back and listen to the episode about dealing with difficult clients. And the final thing to consider when you're setting up your shop that can really help grease the wheels of commerce is social proof. That means grabbing a few testimonials from existing clients and encouraging your fans to rate and review you. Studies have found that 57% of customers will only buy or use a business service if it has at least a four-star rating. And 97% of customers say online reviews impact their purchasing decisions. So the word of others is really important to help dispel any doubts they might have for clicking add to cart stat. Okay, so your shop's all set up. Now it's time for step three. Show up in person to promote your offer repeatedly. To drive awareness of your offer and sales, you want to be super intentional with showing up on social media and showing your face. Yep, you've heard me talk about it before, but showing your face in both your stories and your feed will allow people to see and get to know you. So not just your voice, not just your written words, and not just photos of your product and your home decor. I want people to fall in love with you and trust you. So you got to show up for that. I get that advertising your shop might take a little bit of a shift of mindset for you. If this is your first time setting up an e-commerce shop and you just discovered the things that you want to share and sell to others, it can be easy to feel like a fraud. Imposter syndrome can creep in at any time and tell you that you don't really know what you're doing and that you don't have anything valuable to offer the world. To which I say, um, no, you have lots to share. And that's why those steps in the first two weeks of this process once again are so vital. Getting feedback and input from the ground level on what people want to buy online is the reinforcement that you need here. In terms of how this all adds up, most affiliate sales range from 10 to 50% commission. So if you're selling $100 items with an average commission of $25, you'll need 10 sales per week to hit that $1,000. Sounds pretty doable, I think. And there you have it. Three easy ways to make an extra $1,000 this month by following just three easy steps in three short weeks. Remember, none of this has to be perfect to start. You just have to have a simple way to get the word out about what you're offering and a way to accept money and fulfill orders. You can learn and tweak and refine things as you go. 
always. And after you do it one time, the best part is you can repeat it again and again and again, tweaking and pivoting along the way. You could also eventually grow a little side gig into a bigger one and constantly offer whatever it is you're offering to your people and bring in income consistently. Remember as you build out your systems to include a way to collect feedback so that you are always learning and improving. In an upcoming episode, I'll be chatting with a variety of side hustlers to hear their perspective on running a successful side gig. And I want to point out here that I use the word side hustle lightly because if you know me, you know I already don't love the word hustle. So think of it as a side gig or a side passion or a side project if you need to. For now, I want you to get started by doing those simple things that can easily make a bundle of cool hard cash before this dumpster fire of a year is out. So... Just to recap, number one, you can freelance your special skills as a service for hire. Number two, you can teach what you already know in a workshop or an online course or an ebook. And number three, you can create an online shop for selling what you make or reselling what others make for an affiliate commission. And setting up a shop is so easy that you could have it up and running by this afternoon. And there you have it, a nice, easy way to fatten your wallet before the year is done. And hey, if you give this a try, I want to know how much richer you are three weeks from now, okay? Okay, be sure to visit the show notes at kellylawson.ca slash 040 to find any resources mentioned in this episode, and I will see you at the same time in the same place next week, lovely human. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.